time to start recording. Recorded live. Recorded live. Who is that guy? I don't know, but the Cellar Dwellers are back again. Welcome to Cellar Dwellers Home Winemaking Talkcast with Dave Nelson and the other guy. Oh, you've got the medals up again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is that coming over the broadcast? Oh, I have to issue a warning right up front of this show. I have had uh, no dinner tonight, and I got here an hour early to prep for the show. And, of course, the main show prep is uh, drinking wine. So You've done well. It's on you. <laughs> this show is all on you, passionate one. Can I sing silver and gold now? No. No, no, no. We've heard enough of that. Hey, I am Dave Nelson, and you are... The other guy. The other guy. Um, you know, after I totally uh, ruined... Um, our secret and uh, announced My anonymity. your, your uh, yeah that, uh, <laughs> that whatever too. that stinging thing is that lives under the water. I uh, I edited that out of last show, so uh, all oh. the people who weren't listening live they missed it. But our live listeners, they they got a special bonus. Um, indeed, yes. they know who you are. I was revealed one. along with my driver's license number, my social security number, and my. Visa number. All right. Well, hey, we're back with another uh, great show. And I got to say the exciting thing about this show is we have not only one sponsor, but we have two sponsors. No. And in fact – Are they um, both French? No. Neither one is French. Uh, The French will have nothing to do with us, although the French did elect a pro-American or pro-Western – what do they call him? President? Prime Minister? What do you call the French leader? Lazy? Loser? (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're not trying to make any friends in France, but... uh, He's president. President Jacques Chirac. Yeah, president. Jacques Chirac. That was like 17 guys ago. I'm just... I was saying it out so I knew it was president. Okay. President, President, uh, what, Charles de Gaulle. President, yes. I see. Okay, but... uh, But he is more... um, Pro-Western, right. Reasonable guy. I'll bet he'll be tuning into this show... And maybe even, you know, calling in and wanting some of our wine. Well, now that the sponsors are flooding in, I'm sure the French will be wanting to uh, – we've got an article on, on later in the show about how the French wine consumption is declining. And it's because they are not part of the cellar dwellers phenomena. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. There's hope with the new but president. we have two sponsors. Of course, our, um, our sponsor in the – audiobooks domain. I talked, you know, ad infinitum about how much I loved Atlas Shrugged and, you know, I'm on to my next audiobook. Anybody who is listening to this podcast would probably love listening to books on MP3, not books on tape anymore, but right. check out podsavings.com slash audiobooks and you can get two free audiobooks with our special sponsor just by clicking that link and, you know, following through the process. So linking from us to them gets it to you, or do you, all you just do, do is, something else, a no, special no, code? Not even anything special. For, all you got to do is go to podsavings.com slash audiobooks, and you too can listen to audiobooks. I've probably listened to, I don't know, 50, 60. I don't read anymore. Does anyone read anymore? You know, the, See, that's your problem. No, no, no. I listen, <laughs> you don't read anymore. I, I listen to the great books on MP3. But it's while I'm driving my car, mowing my lawn out for a run when I would otherwise not be doing anything with my uh, audio processing capacity. 
You mean listening to something? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the neat thing about audio is you can multiplex it with other things. You know, hopefully when you're driving your car, you're not watching your – uh, you know, I, you know your video or playing your you know Game Boy or whatever, but you can listen to audio rel- relatively safely. Relatively, relatively. Okay, so that's sponsor number one. Sponsor number two. Our new sponsor is. I'm holding this up in front of you. The editor of. In fact, anyone listening to the show on a recording has already heard their ad right at the front of the show. But it's the live listeners, all one of them that we have to message to at this point. Um, Winemaker Magazine. These guys are awesome, and in fact, if you want to support – if you want to show the folks at Winemaker how powerful the collective cellar dwellers audience is, all you got to do is go to winemakermag.com slash talkshoe. That's where we come from. The cellar cellar dwellers are on talkshoe. Just do that, and you can go subscribe to a great magazine. It's a great magazine. It's not expensive. We have both. Even before these guys swooped in to sponsor the show, read this thing for um, – well, heck, I'm, I'm holding the August-September 2004 issue in my hand. I save all the old issues. So what does that make me at least um, – It's got to be at least three years we've been getting uh, That's good. Since I, we fact, started making one, we really did. three. And in, in fact, the article that I'm going to go back to on this one is uh, not so much about making wine but understanding how wine is made to enjoy wine. So frankly, if you – if you make wine, if you like to drink wine, I think uh, Winemaker Magazine is phenomenal. Yeah, I think picking up a few issues, even if you don't make wine, is, uh, yeah, is, is a, helpful. A great deal. So uh, welcome Winemaker Magazine as a new sponsor, winemakermag.com slash talkshoe. And uh, you know what? Uh, we're going to have the editor on and some of the writers on our show in future episodes just to talk about some of the uh, articles they're writing and some of the great things they're doing. So Cool. Uh, Looking forward to that. Uh, hey, it's pretty cool. We went for what? We're on episode forty-six Six. here, and we went for forty-four episodes without a single sponsor. And uh, now, by episode forty-six, we have two sponsors. Imagine that. Well, that's when you revealed my my identity. So maybe yes, but that it's all some... been edited out. Ah, Editor's good. note. Good. There's a long beat. Editor's but note <laughs> because the numbers guy <laughs> screwed up. Oh, I really, really did. Okay, so. Uh, this show, we're talking ice wines. Ice wines tonight. And right. interestingly enough, I mentioned ice wines to a very intelligent friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine. Wait, wait. Tonight. That's a bit of an oxymoron. Intelligent and friend of yours don't seem to go together. That's, well, <laughs> well, I was an acquaintance ah, who I was see. intelligent. In other words, somebody who you just ran into at the 7-Eleven. Not, expe- not yet a sponsor. 7-Eleven fast food? Okay. Well, I would expect my friends to not know what ice wine is, but this person also did not know what ice wine is. Oh. Isn't that interesting? They don't know what Wait, ice wine is. seriously. So somebody was not familiar with ice Really ice thought wine. it was frozen like ice cubes, and you put it in a glass. Ah. So we've got, we've got some work cut out for us tonight. Well, we are drinking ice wine as well, and Instead of, uh, you know, frankly, these ice wines are a little hard to come by. We didn't specify a specific ice wine for tonight's show. Now, we did last week reference Inniskillen. I toured Inniskillen, which is up in Ontario, Niagara-on-the-Lake, a phenomenal winery. Anyone who's ever up in Ontario, you know, stop by there. Um, A fun tour. You learn a lot. But we didn't say get one versus the other. And when I went to check it out, now, first of all, passionate one it was your night to buy the wine right so (laughs) (laughs) tell our listeners what ruse well i saw the prices (laughs) 
called before the show and said, Dave, uh, can I've, you pick I've the wine up to lost a leg. I can't make it to the wine store. I did have a meeting part of this. A Otherwise, meeting. I would have I would have bought a bottle. Right. <laughs> Uh, our listeners and charged know, it to the talk show, uh, to our uh, our, our sponsors, right? right. Uh, our, our our listeners know you are famous for the twelve dollar and under bottle of wine, and, and and I believe that wasn't possible with ice wine. It's very impossible to get a bottle of ice wine. Uh, Hence my phone call. I can't get the wine for and I, under can you twelve dollars. In fact, this is a half bottle, three hundred and seventy five milliliters. For uh, the retail price, according to the winemaker's website, is. Thirty nine ninety nine, but being in Pennsylvania, we paid forty three ninety nine. So I got it for just a measly four dollars above the retail price. This might be the first wine, though, that we've purchased that would actually be we've? cheaper. I was there in the spirit royal. with you, right? <laughs> because I had the credit card out. Okay, that would be cheaper than California, but maybe not. Well, I'm that's sure. because have some ice wines. Because out there, what so. did we pick tonight? We've got and and I love the first of all beautiful cobalt blue. This is we taller. That. That's taller than our normal bottle, yes. even though it's half though it's the volume. Half very clever marketing and it's design. It's the classic ice wine bottle, very tall and thin, and it's uh, yeah, like you said, a, a cobalt blue. The Lake Erie ice wine, Vidal Blanc. 2005 from the Maza, or maybe Mazza, M-A-Z-Z-A. That that would be Mazza, wouldn't it? If it's in soup, it's Mazza. Mazza. I'm going to go with the Mazza vineyards. And um, it comes from, um, luckily, uh, Pennsylvania, northeast Pennsylvania. And I, I had, I must say, they had a pretty nice selection of ice vines. And um, this time, I just the the hometown spirit. It's Pennsylvania. I'm going to go for this one. So it was a good pick. It's delicious. None of our listeners are drinking the same thing. Although anyone who got some uh, ice finds out there is is thoroughly enjoying something similar to what we've got. This is uh, well. Here's what I found amazing. Well, we 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 have a, we have a, a message here that uh, David out in California got uh, the bargain basement Jackson Triggs. Jackson Triggs, that's a new one on me. Yeah. Don't they make lawnmowers? Jack, Jack, no. Anyway, Vidal and, and I. Briggs and Stratton. Ah, Briggs and Stratton. You should have got a half bottle of that. Mm. <laughs> it would have been cheaper. Yeah, that's, it's higher in alcohol, too. Seventeen fifty. Oh, for a quarter bottle. So we're, that's uh, 35 oh, okay. So we're right up at the, around yeah, the same price less, range. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know you could get. Well, quarter bottles make sense for an ice fine. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Well, so, good job, David. You've so outmaneuvered uh, us again in terms of uh, pricing. Uh, a couple of stats on this one. First of all, uh, checking out their website, which we've got uh, what, right here on the screen. Yeah, there you go, the uh, retail price, which we overpaid. Uh, Matza Wines, Lake Erie Wines of Distinctions, free tours, and uh, just clicking to their history page, which you can probably hear there in the background, um, Joseph Matza left his 40 acres of sloping terrain planted with figs, chestnuts, and vineyards in, uh, what is that? Calabria. Calabria, Italy, in 1954 to make his home in the U.S., and he sent for his wife, Felicia, and his daughter, Rosina, and sons, Frank and Robert. Those don't really sound like Italian names. The following year, and, uh, you know, to make a long story short, they've created a winery here in Pennsylvania, and by the way, people probably don't um, think of Pennsylvania as a great wine state, but frankly, many of the great ice vines and a lot of great white wines come from Ontario, north of Lake Erie, 
the uh, uh, the whole Niagara on the Lake region and so on. And uh, Erie is just on the other side of that lake, uh, probably what maybe hour and a half by driving distance, but uh, if you drove across the lake, probably. 30 miles or something like that. There are some great grapes. N- not your classic red viniferas or viniferas or however you want to say it. But um, So we can't do Cabernets. We can't do Merlots, uh, Pinot Noirs. But there are some phenomenal grapes that grow here in the state of Pennsylvania. And I think for the ice vines, the relatively colder temperature, we can do this. Possibly the greatest ice wine region in the country. Well, yeah, I I'll like throw, your. I'll throw that out. There. I like your thinking. I'll we'll, throw we'll, that I know out you've there. got a bunch of. Uh, we're going to go into this in more detail, but uh, the quick specs on the ice wine of Vidal Blanc that we got from the Matza Vineyards: ten point five percent alcohol by volume, so not that high. Seventeen uh, percent residual sugar. Seventeen. Started at 39 bricks. Incredible. 39%. Now, remember, when we make red wine, we're usually around 24, 25, 25. if we're really pushing at 26, and that's a risk. You know, there's a lot of interesting questions that come out of this. If there's that much sugar left, why is it not fermenting past 10.5%? Is that the yeast? Are they doing something to stop it so it stays sweet? Uh, I'm hoping you're going to answer some of these questions, or I guess we'll be researching on the fly during the show. Well, and I think we, sh- for our listeners that aren't familiar with ice wine, we should uh, inform everyone that it is a very, very sweet dessert wine. And the reason it's called an ice wine numbers guy is because well, the here's grapes the deal: are left on the vines into December, actually, right? When which is important frozen. for two reasons. Number one, first of all, if you leave grapes on that long. They're going to shrivel up. There's going to be a lot of evaporation. Now they're coming down to sort of raisining, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. So now there's more sugar, less water, and therefore you're getting the higher bricks. And um, the number two reason, and there seems to be a little controversy on this, and maybe you can set us straight on this, but the cool thing about ice wines is technically a true ice wine should be frozen the grapes should be frozen at the point of harvest correct and therefore the um, presumably the water is even further reduced because you peel the grape and the the, the skin and the sugar and uh, you're separating the water at that point and therefore getting even more concentration so um, I'm not quite sure why you can't artificially freeze raisined grapes we're gonna i don't want to get ahead of of the uh, numbers guy all right we don't want to go there because that's what the show is about it's it's uh, we got to get into a few other bits of business first so uh the first thing we've got to mention we've sort of fallen off the wagon on this but remember the more you drink do you remember the rest of this the better we sound the better we sound so clink and clink and drink clink and drink get your ice wine out or better yet um, you know, get something like a Zinfandel that has 16.5% or a vodka that has 80 proof. Straight absolute. We'll we be will sounding sound great in about 20 we're minutes. Phenomenal. Um, but I got to say, if you happen to be listening to this as a podcast on Monday morning or any other day of the week and you are driving one of those, this happened to me on the way over to the studio, which is why it's front of mind. If you're driving one of those multi car carrying trucks, you know, the trucks that deliver the cars to the vehicles oh. or to the dealers and you're carrying lots of vehicles. And if you're carrying Lexuses, yes. is that the plural or is it Lexi? Lexi. Lexi. If you're carrying Lexi, well, 
that is the one case where you might not want to drink heavily. So the car carriers carrying Lexi don't out there with the us. school buses on a Monday morning, don't, right, don't listen to us because we're not going to sound <laughs> We're going to sound horrible. That good. Absolutely. So there you go. Another tradition of the show restored. The more you drink, the better we sound. Well, should we go to um, email? Should we go let's, to news? Let's read an should email we... or two, and then we'll get into our All right. do we have topic a... at hand. We don't have an email intro. You know what? We do have a new uh, Cellar Dwellers idiom alert. Oh, well, when we have an when idiom, we get an we'll, idiom we'll we're going to go to that. Thank you, David. But we, we seem to be lacking a Cellar Dwellers email theme. We've so, got to come up with an email thing. We've got now, a wine news Now theme. that we're sort of polishing up the show, since we're flush with sponsors, and uh, <laughs> therefore the major dollars are flowing in the door here, we need a, an email theme for free, of course. So uh, well, let's just touch on a couple of emails. So uh, here we go. Actually, sorry there. I saw David chatted in a comment. Uh, yeah, David is going to volunteer to uh, work on it. By the way, I, I see somebody has dialed in here uh, as as just the anonymous talk cast. Now, that's the secret backdoor into talk show. If you dial uh, into our show, 724-444-7444, and you enter TalkCast ID 18, that gets you to the show, but then you're prompted for a PIN. And if you didn't bother to sign up for a PIN, but you put in the same phone number again as the show, one person a week can get in through the secret backdoor. So I must ask, uh, Mr. or Ms. Mrs. TalkCast, uh, who are you anonymously joining our show? Good evening. It's a pleasure to be with you two gentlemen. Well, we're thrilled to have you. And, and, and who are you? You, well, can, you can remain anon- anonymous. Yeah, you, you can you, be the I'd, other, I'd other guy. I'd you did because I think I know who you are. I'm definitely not a friend of the other guy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> not a friend of then, Tog. Then, then you are who I was thinking of, so okay. <laughs> I am sitting here with my spouse and a good friend, a good friend, on the porch, listening to our artesian well bubble and gar- gargle in the background as we're drinking some good Australian wine. Wow. Well, welcome. It's a nice setting to listen to a to a highly polished show. (laughs) Highly polished, right? (laughs) Now we're pleased to have you as a first-time anonymous listener. So uh, I think this whole tog theory and not revealing your name is is spreading. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll leave you. um, Leave mute that guy. Yeah, we'll we'll mute that guy just so he doesn't add any. Undo uh, background noise to the thing, and let's. Uh, All right, well, let's get the tog email. Is there any tog uh, email? You know for what? Me? I must say there were not tog emails this uh, this no, week. There's let's something wrong the with your computer. Cord- I think that's be. what it was. They're being filtered out by my virus checker. <laughs> um, first of all, I got to go back to um, Tyson Marshall. Now everyone remembers. Uh, well, maybe not. Not everyone's been listening to this show every episode. In fact, probably all our old listeners have left, so anyone listening has stumbled into a brand new show. They don't know Tyson Marshall. Tyson first wrote us in the early part of this year. He was 20 years old. And, um, you know, I don't remember the specifics, but I think maybe he was the guy who flew to Hawaii and listened to 12 hours consecutively of the show, uh, traveling on the airplane, wanted to get into wine, wine making, wine tasting, uh, lives in Washington State. And uh, 
finally, finally turned 21. Uh, and maybe Tyson Marshall isn't truly um, a person. He's uh, a plant of the uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, uh, trying to pin me for, I mean, the other guy who just mailed him a couple of bottles of wine for... Olive oil. Right. Oh, sending um, uh, olive oil to an underage minor. But uh, the... Uh, the bottom line is Tyson came back to us a couple of weeks ago, said, I'm finally 21. He uh, has been traveling through the uh, Yakima and Columbia Valley doing wine tasting. What a great way. You know what? I wish I'd discovered this right when I was 21. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, he says it's incredible. By the way, did you ever get my address and, uh, you know, you're going to send me a bottle? If not, here it is. So I mailed off a bottle to Tyson, actually two bottles of our um, our um, O. Five olive oils. oils. I keep saying wines. I meant olive oils. And the one thing I'm concerned about uh, shipping olive oil at this time of the year is that if this stuff sits in one of those brown UPS trucks soaking up the sun and gets really hot, or the brown UPS planes, um, my experience is if that uh, olive oil goes over 95 degrees, you know, you are pretty much toast. And in fact, even shipping on a plane is a bit of a risk because you get up into that low pressure and um, so the air gets evacuated, then you land, and then a high pressure and the air comes back in through the cork. Uh, there's so many ways this wine can get ruined. So Tyson, um, I'm interested. He says he's really excited to do uh, his own wine this summer. Thanks for mailing the wine. He's excited to see if the quality of the wine produced uh, from the same technique um, is uh, as good as what we send when he does it himself. I hope, I hope this works well. I I'm really skittish about shipping wine at uh, this time of the year. But uh, Tyson, welcome to the wine club. We're thrilled you're with us. We hope you get to uh, enjoy a good quality bottle or two of the Cellar Dwellers Red Wine. But you wait. You've, you've got to. The, oh my gosh, the name of the town. I want to move there just so I can say I'm from Snohomish. 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 Is Louis Snohomish. home? N- Snohomish. <laughs> <laughs> He's at the grocery store. Washington. Washington has a lot of cool places. And by the way, some of the best wines in the world. So uh, Yeah, but think about that shipping wine. If you buy wine, if you could buy it from out of state and have it UPS to your house, it's going to be – you've got the same situation. Same if, you're buying, which, if you're spending $1,000 for a case of wine I, to, I, be, I, to be shipped this time of year, well, you're I'm going to say they, you know, they, they – I hope they ship it in the winter. I, no, I don't know no, that you, you should can be... Get, you can get wine right now. What are you talking about? But would you want to? Well, you, you can, and it's you're going to have the same risk. Big, 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 big risk. Do I want no wine or my risk of hot wine? Tick, tick, oh. tick, 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 tick. I'll check my chances. No. Well, it all wine. depends on what you're spending. So, you know, when I, I, when I went to the UPS store and said I'm mailing olive oil, I said the value is zero. And, you know, frankly, it essentially is. I mean, the value is more than that, but we can replace it, and it wouldn't be a killer. But... If you were shipping around fifty or hundred dollar bottles of wine a case at a time, do you really want to risk this in the middle of the summer? No, I, but I, I'm not. I don't spend that. See, that's your problem. <laughs> you, you spend too much for wine. That's your problem. See, and now because, you worry. You don't sleep at you're night. You're busy with a meeting. I'm spending too much for wine. You, you don't sleep at night. Oh my wine, my wine, my wine. It's hot out. Oh, see me. I'm going. Eh, it's ten bucks. Who cares? All right, I'll drink it. Let's go to our next uh, listener email from Michael A. It uh, doesn't say where he is, but uh, interestingly, it looks like his uh, email address might match one of our live listeners here. So uh, Michael goes on to say, I am a home winemaker newbie. 
I bottled my first batch of Cab Sav or Sav. Um, by the way, congratulations. Anybody who gets out there and does anything in this domain is rocking, discovering the most fun, great new Absolutely. hobby. Absolutely. Good, good job. By the way, I, I must uh, just pause for a second. Ice fine. This stuff tastes like I, – I love it because it tastes like fall. But if this is not the most intense pineapple flavor you've ever tasted, I mean what are you getting out of this? I'm, some pineapple but some, some coconut too. Ooh, believe Pina it or not, coladas. and definitely, definitely white raisins. I'm with all that and some uh, even like buttery smoothness to this thing. Almost butternut like, squash. I'm ooh, getting. butternut squash. I was thinking popcorn, but uh, oh man! And to it's take it up, a going click, down way too. It easy. goes way too easily. That's the that's the problem with it. I need this not like in a. Um, half or split, but a, a magnum. <laughs> I mean, it's only 10.5% alcohol. We could work a lot harder a on A magnum this. will be two and a half years of talk shoes. <laughs> Revenues, right. Revenues. Our sponsorship for buy a ever. magnum of that. Aye, aye, aye. So anyway, we've got um, we've got Michael, and he Michael goes on to say getting into making wine. He used concentrates from Alexander's. Didn't get fancy oaking or anything, although... I do have to say, I, th- I, I, myself, well, you know what? He's going to go on and ask a key question, so I won't bias it. I wanted to see if I could, could, uh, could successfully go from juice to wine, and I am pleased with the results. It's a good table wine to serve after the guests have had a bottle or two of the good stuff, which actually, that's not a bad strategy, right? You always want to serve your most expensive, best stuff first before you give any food or anything, any food hors d'oeuvres, you're ruining their palate. When they show up, give them the best you've got. And if that's not what you've personally made at home, then I like the idea of going number two or three. Uh, I'm also done with uh, my first kit, Strawberry White Merlot, which sounds really phenomenal and interesting. So uh, wouldn't mind tasting some of that Strawberry White Merlot. Okay, so um, in listening to episodes of 40 and 41 Bottling, I had the following questions. Uh, and I'm going to throw this, throw this to you, Tog. Does the color of the bottle make a difference? What 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 do you think? <clears throat> Absolutely. Because I have no idea. I just think it does. All right, but is it aesthetics? It's aesthetics, but that's important. Well, okay, let's not minimize aesthetics. But I, uh, what about uh, you know light and damage to the color and all that kind of stuff? Well, of course, classically, red wines are going to come in. Green uh, and brown colored bottles, because and, and classically or typically the the classic. There was wines, a historical reason for this. Yes, well, they they needed they needed to be um, protected. protected from UV light and from sunlight, right? And um, but today, I mean, you've got cellars, you've got cardboard, you've got boxes. You could certainly get away with with white bottles, but I think it would to me any wine would taste horrible out of a red wine would taste horrible out of a white bottle. All right, so speaking of which, because, uh, pour because, me some more red wine out of that uh, green bottle there. Because it, part, of, part of the experience of wine is cosmetic. Okay, so let's agree that while there might have been a, 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 a historical – keep it – oh, what, 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 what? Uh, didn't I buy all of the wine in this room tonight? You did. That's why I'm drinking tonight for free. Yeah, exactly, and downing this stuff faster than I can. Okay, so um, there might have been a, a historical reason where exposure to sunlight could damage a red wine. 
But frankly, the way most red wines are handled today, uh, you're not getting – that's a minimal risk. Yeah. And, and I, but I also – here's another thought. All right. That the, the, the type of green for a Rhone, uh, for a Bordeaux, for a Burgundy and the type of color and bottle for a Rhone region, I think they kept standards so that – this was prior to labels – you would know uh, you'd recognize you'd, the color or you'd, shape. You'd right. You'd be able to recognize what type of wine, at least what type of wine it is, just by the shape of the bottle. All right, but at this brilliant. point we're going <laughs> brilliant. Okay, I'll give you brilliant, but at this point it's all about aesthetics. And so, you know, if you love blue or green or it's going to work. Or, yeah, you know, whatever. Okay, it's so work. Um, okay, that was part A, but part B I think gets to something much more important. Does the shape of a bottle make a difference? And Michael goes on to say, I know that they make a bottle with a longer neck, more rounded shoulders, or the typical Merlot bottle with a short neck and a more more co- coarse shoulders. Um, he references us to a website, uh, MidwestSupplies.com, not yet a sponsor, that uh, sells these bottles. Uh, you know, see what I'm talking about? Uh, talk about the shape of the bottle, because I think this is more much more than aesthetics. And and that it was your opinion back in show 34 whenever it was and I disagreed no, no, no. with I you have, then. I have a good reason. You have good, the reason. Good 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 reason for for the shoulder. Our listeners are going to be with me. <laughs> <laughs> so that you could pour and if there was some some uh, sediment that well, would be now you're getting into the, the key point. Into the shoulder. And that is bull crap. No, it's not that bull crap. That is just winemaker. No. no, no, no. Hoopla. No. Hoopla. It's, it's Especially not for the home winemaker, okay? Maybe the commercial wineries, they use filters. There's not much sediment in the wine. But the home winemaker, this is really key. You make white wine, okay, there's not a lot of sediment in the wine. That's why the very gradual sloping shoulders of one of those sort of Chardonnay bottles is fine because you're not trying to catch any sediment. But you make a red wine. I, you know, I challenge any home winemaker to make a red wine and not, not filter it s- and not sediment. have sediment, right? Yeah. You're going to have sediment. And so the trick is to catch the last quarter ounce. You, know, you don't want to waste wine, right? So with a bottle that has these sharp shoulders, you can pour it and keep the last quarter ounce and catch all that sediment so it doesn't end up in the glass. That's why... These traditional green bottles with the heavy shoulders are important for home winemakers, for for red home winemakers. You're 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 giving me the <laughs> evil. Eye there. See, it doesn't concern me because I always yes. give the last bit of the bottle to you, anyways. <laughs> well, if there's sediment, uh, that's yeah, actually the dirty right. little secret. I will say, I actually like the sediment in these I things. Don't mind it. I you don't know, mind sometimes it. you get those acid crystals or a little bit of oak or yeah, whatever. I don't, so, I, don't mind it. I myself am partial to sediment, and so yeah. I love to take that last bit. I'm not going to leave it in the shoulders. I'm going to tip it straight. You know, vertical, 90 degrees, get the last drop out of the it's thing. It's like spitting a seed out, eating a good watermelon. It's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. I am so with you. But not everybody likes those crystals or, you know, oak fragments in the bottom of their wine. Let so, them eat cake. <laughs> thank you, Mr. <laughs> okay. The last so question. They, so the, so the, you're, you're more concerned about these shoulders than I am. Apparently. Okay. Apparently. All and right. Have we ever used 
plastic screw caps? Is that the, instead of metal? Is that the next right. question? Right. So, uh, so last question or the next question because Michael has a lot of questions here. Uh, have you ever used a plastic screw cap instead of a metal one? He bought 36 plastic ones for his strawberry white Merlot, which, man, I'm thinking that's going to be a good one. Um, what do you think? Plastic versus metal. doesn't matter. I'm not a plastic fan. Not a plastic fan. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I believe some of the ingredients in plastic and some of those resins, just like the artificial corks, do break down and dissolve, and you can get it the flavor into the wine. And and, and uh, this guy's doing a beautiful job. He's making strawberry white Merlot, and he's buying, and and Michael's buying thirty six plastic caps. I, although if he's going to be drinking it in three months to a year, it's probably not going to be an issue. But anything that's going to be sitting around longer, I don't want. I don't want plastic in the wine. Just my, just you know. All right, now, now I'm going to have to go at you on this one because, frankly, we have only been able to obtain plastic caps to this point. So that's our only experience. All of our wine is plastic caps. That's us. Right. And even the ones you buy that are metal, have in a- general, you look up inside the metal. And there is a plastic liner in there. So what's actually touching the wine it's, it's is sealing, always it's sealing plastic. with plastic, right? So I'm going to say it. Plastic versus screw cap doesn't matter. In either case, it, it probably doesn't. You're totally ruining your wine by lack of tradition and respect for the cork. You know, speaking of shoulders on bottles, it's a good thing I have big shoulders that I can <laughs> keep putting up with this cork versus screw cap argument. You know. Oh, someday you're going to get it, numbers guy. I might be ruining uh, three or five percent of my wine with the TCA, the trichloroanisole that you get uh, in that cork, uh, cork. Bottle, right. But I think you're ruining your wines with the lack of oxygenation and breathability that comes with your damn screw caps. <sighs> when are you going to learn? There's enough oxygen in the top of the bottle that supplies the necessary. Biology to take place. Anyway, Actually, I think you're totally plastic, right on that one. I was uh, taking a little bit of a, a contrary view. Uh, plastic screw caps screw are fine. Caps are plastic fine. screw caps are fine. Either way, uh, easy. Totally agree. Stay away from the cork. The cork is expensive. It's a, a risk. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. Unless you are totally in love with tradition. All right. Last question from Michael uh, about blending. Do you see any pl- problems with? Blending 50-50 Merlot and Cab before fermentation. And we did exactly this, Passionate One, before. Most of our blending has been after, but the one time we blended before, it was 50-50 Cab Merlot before. Uh, Actually, it wasn't before fermentation. It was before aging. Okay, okay. Uh, You know what? I caught myself there. I got it. Talk to me, baby. Talk to me. I would not... Absolutely would not blend before fermentation because you've got two different beasts there. You've got two different sets of chemistry going on. You've got two different bricks, two different pHs. I would absolutely not recommend that. Ferment separately, and then you can blend and, and age, age okay. together, which there is you what go. we do. So keep it apart for one week to ten days, ferment separately, and then blend it. And, and then blend. In fact, you might get different fermentation characteristics of your Merlot versus Cab. I'm not sure this is a huge deal. Um, frankly, one of the benefits of blending before fermentation, uh, because uh, I, I talked to Alex down at Country Wines one time about why can't I just add the tartaric acid after 
fermentation to bring it all to the right level. And she said, in fact, the process of fermentation helps with integration. Now, I believe that integration happens more with age than during that one to two weeks of fermentation, but, but she was a very strong advocate of adding your acid before fermentation, so I buy that. But I'm going to go with you. Uh, no, I agree with that. I think I think more happens in in the fermentation process than we can than you and I can comprehend. Right. <laughs> but different grapes ferment separately From, and then and blend you're extracting and age. Different things out of them. I, I right. mean, and you're picking yeast to match that grape and that uh, acidity or that um, sugar content. I mean. Definitely don't. I would not ever recommend blending before fermenting. Okay. So, and I agree with you on that one. Do you wow. have any opinion about uh, blending uh, before aging or after aging? Do you think that makes any difference? We just well, won a gold medal blending after aging. Yes. Yes. So yes. Was that the key or was that so, dumb luck? Well, so the – oh, what's that? Oh, this is the gold medal coming into the studio. <laughs> I think that – I don't have a palate to know how to blend a week and a half after fermenting to say that uh, this wine's going to need this, so let's blend it with that and 10% of that. I certainly don't have that kind of palate. I barely have a palate that can maybe figure some of that out after aging and then blend prior to, to bottling. I like your thought on that. So there, I'm sure there are people that can, that are good enough to blend prior to uh, aging, but I, I wouldn't have a clue. It would just be absolute guesswork, which is what we won our gold medal with anyway. So. <laughs> That's true. Anyone who listened to episode, what, 44, realizes that it was uh, just a little bit of dumb luck. What can we say? Uh, closing thought, Michael, is uh, if you've got this uh, delightful olive oil that you recommend from the uh, Twin Cities, uh, I think we could do some trading. Why don't we do this? We will mail you some olive oil first. You'll get the uh, the mailers, and then you can send us back. I would love to get a, a, a bottle of the uh, the Twin Cities that you reference, and also your Strawberry Merlot Ooh, that, that you would reference. Be that would be wonderful. So we'll send you two of ours. Just take Use those the shippers and, and turn bring them, them right around. Back. Uh, the, the problem with buying these in small volumes, I had to buy sixty at a time. So we ship enough olive oil around. If your ATF don't listen to this, but uh, it was pretty cheap at that kind of volume, but to try to buy these one or two at a time is uh, just a disaster. So, uh, well, good, good email. That was a good Great email. Questions. Now, one last one, and this is a little bit of a test for you. I I have not um, put this one up in front of the uh, passionate one. This is from Ma- Matt Osmak, and the the title of the email is "Are you one of the fifty-five of a hundred? And so passionate one. I'm going to pop this email up on the screen and I'm going to ask you to read it. Okay. Okay? So here goes. Can you read it to our listeners? Take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Can you read it? Uh, Probably. If you can read this, you have a strange mind too. Can you read this? Only 55 people out of 100 can. I couldn't believe that I could actually understand what I was reading. The phenomenal power of the human mind, according to research at Cambridge University, it doesn't matter in what order the letters in the word are. The only important thing is that the first and last letter be in the right place. The rest can be a total mess, mess, and you can still read it without a problem. This is because the human mind does not read every letter by itself, but the word as a whole. Amazing, huh? Yeah, and I always... 
Um, thought. Thought? thought. No, spelling was important. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I never thought. I thought spelling was stupid. If you can read this forward, it, that is Okay, cool. now, this is the amazing thing about what the passionate one just read. Matt, this was brilliant. Every single word written here has the first and last letter in the correct place. But all of the letters in between are uh, uh, not scrambled. True. Well, actually, you're right. If, uh, if isn't right. Right. And, well, actually, the short ones aren't. So the word read is spelled R-A-E-D, and this is spelled T-I-H-S. Yeah. But the shorter letters, if is F-I, U is Y-U-O, can is C-N-A. The longer uh, words, and this is what is amazing to me, the word research is spelled R-S-C-H-E-E-A-R-C-H, and Cambridge is spelled C-M-A-B-R-I-G-D-E. Uh, you know, these are... It's it's amazing because they've scrambled all of the middle letters in this. And it when I read this, cool. it's like I can read this, and yet it uh, none of these are real words. That's but wild. It is tapping into the fact that the mind. This is this puts is word just together. brilliant. The mind puts the word together without exactly paying attention to the letter order. You should can can listeners. Uh you know what? Go, go, what we'll do? Go online and, and we will and post this. Post this on, into the, on the show, show notes, into yeah, the description cool. of the show. We will put this in, and you see if you're one of the 55 people out of 100 that can actually read this. Uh, to our studio guest, was this like plain and obvious to you? Could you see that just fine? No. no let me turn off your mic there. Uh, did you Did you get it, or this we looked do like Greek to you? I, In I fact, have... we didn't even introduce our guest. So pull the mic a little closer there. And, uh, passionate one, who is our guest? Tonight? Well, we are privileged to have my eldest brother, JB, here, not giving away my. Tog, JB Tog. <laughs> JB Tog, Junior Tog, up from Austin, Texas, to watch the U.S. Open at Oakmont in pittsburgh and he's in uh, for the week and uh for a, a few extra days after the open and uh came into the studio tonight now could you could you read that that was that was pretty i had seen that before and the first time i saw it i could read it and this is the phenomenon that makes it hard to write instructions and have people review instructions you can only have somebody re- review the instructions once okay. because once they know what it's supposed to be oh they're 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 Long, t- they're tainted. Right, they right. you know they you just can't ever use them again. Very cool. I love the word amazing spelled A Z A N M I G. Amazing. It's <laughs> cool. Uh speaking of which the um the the close on this email is a quote that I really like from Matt which is all spelled correctly but uh take this to heart. Life's journey is not to arrive at the grave safely in a well-preserved body but rather to skid in sideways, totally worn out, shouting, holy shit, what a ride. That is like, that is so much what I believe about life. So, uh, Matt, that's a phenomenal email. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.